Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I want to welcome Danny Randazzo. Danny, how are you, my friend? Tyler, I am doing great. It's a wonderful day to be here and excited to be on the Elevate podcast. I've heard such great things. It's got such good traction. So hopefully we can add a little value to the audience today. I have no doubt about that. And, and, and it's like our worlds have been magnetically com, you know, colliding here over the past a few months and definitely excited to dive into your story, your background. And I know that we're going to be uh, gaining some, some, some absolute profound wisdom from our discussion today. So looking forward to that. But before we do that, I want to welcome back Elevate Nation because today we're taking it to another level. And I want to welcome everybody back because our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best are raising the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And this is a masterclass. We're with the master, Danny Randazzo, today. And this is for leaders who are looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And so if you appreciate what we're doing, we would appreciate if you subscribed, if you gave us a rating and a review. You know, we've been blessed enough to, uh, to already crack the top 200 business podcasts in the world. And it's because of folks like yourself who recognize that our message, um, you know, really is something that needs to be shared. And, you know, really, we've got 7 billion people on this planet. You know, there's millions and millions of people and, and more who need to know what we're talking about today. They need to be involved in this conversation. And so, you know, while we dive in with Danny, I want to, um, I want to just highlight Danny really quickly. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. So, so Danny is an author, he's an entrepreneur, and he's a podcast host. He's also a full-time real estate entrepreneur and investor. His company, PassiveInvesting.com, owns more than 210 multifamily, 210 million in multifamily assets. Danny's focus is asset management, building relationships, investment analysis, and all things finance. So Danny, you know, we've got a very brief bio here of you. You know, this isn't, this isn't something where we're, we're talking for, for paragraphs and paragraphs, which we certainly could because you're an extremely accomplished individual. You know, and a lot of times in real estate, we kind of live behind our bio and a lot of people know us by you know, what we put forth in that. So tell us a little bit more about who is Danny Randazzo beyond the bio. Well, Tyler, thank you for the, uh, the warm intro. And I appreciate the kind words. Um, who is Danny Randazzo? Well, I am a relentlessly focused individual. Um, I have been at this investing journey of mine since I was probably about five years old. And I've written two children's books that talks about that experience. And, you know, growing up, I was always the kid in the neighborhood who had a business, had a little side hustle going on. My parents did a great job in raising us and providing the needs for us. But anything that we wanted extra, we had to work for. And so I quickly understood the value of a hard-earned dollar and I have just kept that mindset with me throughout. And so you know, I went to college, got good grades, graduated with a degree in finance, started working for um, the best consulting companies in the world, and was a highly paid W-2 financial consultant traveling around the world in the country, um, 
helping multi-billion dollar businesses improve their bottom line. So with that experience, I knew that there was a better way um, in life through the books that I've read and the bios. If you just look at the, the top 500 wealthiest people in America, right? A majority of them have either built their wealth or maintain their wealth through real estate. And so through books, through biographies, I knew that real estate was the way to financial freedom and success. And so, like I said at the beginning, I've been relentlessly focused and determined uh, to accomplish that and work towards that every single day to build income streams that generate passive income and cash flow um, for myself and my family. And that has been the path. That's who I am. If you have um, a conversation with me, there's not really any small talk. So at times I can be pretty direct to the point, but um, you know, I think it's what's kept me focused and allows me to stay diligent in acquiring multifamily assets. You know, this year, my partners and I, Dan and Brandon at PassInvesting.com, set a goal to acquire a hundred million in multifamily assets. And we've since um, surpassed that goal. And, you know, our motto is when we close one, we kind of move on to the next one. There's not um, this big celebration and party. It's, hey, nice job. What are we doing now? Because we need to continue to build and continue to stay focused um, on our long-term vision, which again is all geared around that financial freedom um, for us and our families. So when was the when was the moment in your life when you really kind of drew the line in the sand? I always use that distinction as drawing the line in the sand and saying, look, I'm stepping over this line into this life of greatness, of uncommon results. Was there a, was there a moment in time or was it sort of a function of your upbringing, as you mentioned, in terms of, you know, we always had, you know, what we needed, but we, we were always encouraged. And in fact, you know, it, we were placed in a situation where we needed to work towards something if we wanted it. Um, was there was there another part of your life or was it a process to to get you there to where you became this relentlessly focused individual? Yeah, I think everyone, if you look back, you have those turning points or, you know, forks in the road where you go left or you go right. And for me, that major fork of the financial freedom decision and really getting relentlessly focused on real estate was when I and my girlfriend at the time, Caitlin, my wife today, we started having serious conversations about what we wanted to get out of life. And I was able to kind of fast forward and visualize myself in my consulting job and what it would look like in 10 years. And that life, while it provides a, um, it provides a good financial paycheck, it's not a life of fulfillment because you can be away from your family for four or five days out of each week all year long. And so for us, that was that pivotal fork where we said, hey, we can see where our lives are going right now and we don't like that. We want to change. We need to take control of where our income comes from and we need to have a handle on every aspect of it so we can, again, really control our time and, and take passion 
and live that abundantly fulfilled lifestyle. And so that turning point, it was when we sat down at the kitchen table and kind of said, well, where do we go from here? Because we see where we're going currently and we don't want that. We want to do something else. And so we made the decision to pack up everything from San Francisco, California and moved across the country to Charleston, South Carolina to start investing in real estate. And that kind of got us on that journey. And so that's that pivotal moment, that conversation, um, having that passion and alignment of interest with your significant other is something that um, can be hugely motivating. And, you know, most people, they just accept that reality and they just put up with it. They tolerate it for, you know, the rest of their life. And they say, well, you know, they, they make they make sort of you know, thoughts in their mind that say, well, you know, I can, I can just accept this and, you know, I'm still making good money and that. And so it's all right if I'm away from my family for four to five days out of the week, every single week of the year. And, you know, these things happen. And I, I just think it, it, there's a difference in people like yourself who just say, look, I'm not accepting this anymore. This is not what I'm trading my time for. This is not what I'm trading my you know, obviously, you've got to go through challenges, you got to go through struggles to, to build what you want, especially financially. Um, but you've got to realize that it is ultimately the vehicle towards creating what you want in your life. And whether it's, you know, trading your time and then trading your resources to to build a, a real estate portfolio, you know, it's huge. So, um, so that's a that's a great distinction. It's a great reminder for all of us. Look, if you're not fulfilled in what you're doing, you're not going to bring your greatest talents, your greatest skills towards that. So you've got to be able to, you know, like we just said, draw that line in the sand and commit and, and take that fork in the road and make, you know, make big decisions, take massive action, but get your, get your partner on the same page as well. So that's a great, great distinction. So I want to fast forward, you know, from there, you know, obviously, you know, that was a huge turning point and, you know, fork in the road for you, but I'm curious to know what's an example, you know, since now you've set this path, and you've, you've really set yourself up for massive action in terms of this year, you've already surpassed 100 million in acquisitions. What's an example of a way that you've raised the bar recently in your business? And what result has come of this improvement? Um, you know, the biggest thing that we've raised the bar on is it really comes down to taking action for us in the multifamily space. You know, we invest in 150 unit plus apartment communities that start at $30 million and go up from there. And so for us to raise the bar, it is, it's about doing the, the daily activities. So we have the opportunity to see deals that are out there. So we've raised the bar by setting our, criteria to be extremely specific to about six to eight markets that we want to invest in in the southeast u.s and we try to take daily action to build relationships with either brokers or potentially sellers who can bring us deal flow where we can at least have the opportunity to look at it and if it meets our criteria and our investment return goals for our investors and us then we'll have the opportunity to pursue it but without making those relationships we're not going to get the volume of deals that we need to look at to buy the one that fits a hundred percent every box that we need it to check so we you know, we just try to do a little thing every single day and it compounds, you know, it's like 
the first time you write a blog post, you may get zero views. But by the 10th blog post, maybe you've got five people. And by the 100th blog post, those five people have told five people who told five more people who told five more people. And you've got several hundred people now reading it. And so the biggest change in our business to answer your question is do something meaningful by taking action every day. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, this is, I had this conversation with someone who was feeling discouraged by, you know, they were, they were down on themselves because they, they felt the opposite compounding interest of not taking action. And the more and more that you don't take action or you don't take meaningful, you know, action towards something, you know, you start to feel the effects of, well, wait a minute, now I'm not getting any traction or I don't even have the opportunity of getting one view, let's just say on my blog post, or I don't have the opportunity of building that one relationship. So I think one of the big takeaways is here is just do one thing and just obviously be meaningful, but allow that compounding interest to take effect. I mean, I know you've probably read the book, um, you know, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy and a phenomenal illustration that he used there is what happens to a penny when it doubles every day? You have one penny on day one of the month and at the end of the month, what you have. And so, you know, I actually just talked about this at my recent talk up at, uh, up in Minneapolis is, you know, on day 14, you know, that penny turns into $86, which is, it's quite more impressive than one penny. But at the end of the month, it's like $5.7 million. And so it's a great illustration of just one action, just take one meaningful action. And then also, you know, having that specific criteria of what is my, what are my actions? You know, what is my specific outcome that I'm looking for? It's so important. So you've got to take intelligent action, of course. Um, yeah. That goes without saying. But um, you're talking about criteria. You're talking about setting your specific criteria and taking daily action towards that. Um, so you're basically saying yes to a certain, you know, set of parameters. But you're also saying at the same time, simultaneously, no to a large set of parameters as well. So give me an example of you know, maybe something that you've had to say no to, not necessarily a deal itself, but to remain in your criteria, to remain in your zone, to re be able to hit these massive goals that you're seeking. And then also an example of how do you have the courage to say no, perhaps a tactic towards that? I, um, I, I try to really limit the activities that I do. And so if I feel that there's an activity that's not going to add any value um, to my life personally or to my business, I more often than not will say no to it, or at least thank you for the invite. It's not going to work out. Um, and, and from that perspective, I recently had an invitation to go deep sea fishing. And I remember it, you know, the email or the text came through, whatever it was. And, you know, without even thinking, I just said, Hey, thank you. I'm not available to go. And the reason for that is going out, spending four to six hours on a Saturday morning deep sea fishing, number one, it's not going to get us a real estate opportunity, more than likely. Um, I may get some investors out of it, but again, not the byproduct. And for, for me, from a personal perspective, it's not going to add any value to me spending time with my wife. And so, you know, those types of decisions, I think, are very important for people to make. And if you're saying yes to a bunch of 
kind of just social events where you're just going to go and chat and, you know, talk about current events or talk about the weather or the football game. Um, I would just kind of encourage you to shut all that out. At least try it for a period of time. Give yourself a month where you, you really limit your social activity. Um, and for me, I remember another specific moment, you know, back when I was in my consulting days, most people, we would work from like, you know, eight to seven or seven to seven. And then everybody would want to go out to dinner as a team. And we would be in, you know, whatever, Chicago or New York. And it's like, let's go have a big meal and spend two hours chatting about the day and kind of wasting our time. Yeah, it's social. Um, but I said no to those dinners for about three years in a row, just about every single night. Um, I did not participate. I did not do anything. I went back to my hotel room, sat in the peace and quiet and comfort of my hotel, and I evaluated real estate deals. I talked to brokers, and I spent those lonely hours making the sacrifice to learn, study, educate myself, and advance um, my life, my wife's life, by using that time for something more meaningful than just going to have dinner, to have dinner, to socialize. So that's kind of where I come in at from. Um, more often than not, I am saying no. Uh, if it is something that I think is an excellent event or some sort of charity event, um, I'll go and participate. But I'm sorry to give you the long answer there. It's just if, if you feel like you're doing too many social things, just cut it out. Try not to do anything for 30 days and see how much more you can get done. Well, one of the big takeaways that I get from that is, is sacrifice and be willing to sacrifice not only perhaps, you know, some short-term pleasure. You know, I, I know that everyone enjoys to, to have a good meal, that's for sure. And perhaps there's times where you may have missed out on some pleasurable conversations and just some time to kick back and just unwind from a, you know, a 12 hour day. Um, but spending those lonely hours, either studying and building your own understanding or building relationships that are meaningful towards your own outcomes. I mean, that's when you are willing to sacrifice. That's when it doesn't really feel like sacrifice because you know what you're doing is gaining traction and you're building that sort of compounding, uh, you know, compounding interest. And so I love that. And so, you know, with that, you're, you're sacrificing your time and we're, we're, we're kind of going back here a little bit. We're thinking of, you know, times where you were, you know, sacrificing and spending those lo lonely hours. But I'm curious to know, you know, that you kind of built that habit of, of sacrifice and of delayed gratification, it sounds. So I'm curious to know what other habits do you have you installed within your life that have been very integral towards your success? One of the habits and in, in a way that I think about this as well, and for the listeners, if you have been comfortable for today, if you've been comfortable for the last week, the last month, the last year, you've been comfortable, you're doing everything wrong. You need to get uncomfortable. And so for me, what I try to do is just, I, I number one, want to learn something new every day. And number two, I need to get uncomfortable. And so I was having a conversation a couple weeks ago with my partner, Dan, and we were talking about stretching our stress muscles. 
and we were, you know, in the throes of trying to get a deal closed and we were doing some additional environmental studies and we were kind of at the whim of the engineer who was doing the, the, um, the phase one environmental study to see what output we had from this investigation. And it was a stressful time. We didn't know what we didn't know. And, you know, sometimes a, an environmental issue can be a deal killer. And so we were stretching our stress muscles throughout that process. It was very uncomfortable for me, not only just from a mental perspective, but shoot, even physically, I was like waiting for this report to come in. And so um, I think people need to get to be uncomfortable. And if it means, you know, spending extra time after you work your day job to study real estate and it's uncomfortable because you like to put your feet up and watch TV, well, it's time to get uncomfortable and stretch yourself so you can grow. If you're not uncomfortable, I don't think you are growing. And so if you're not growing, to me, you're just, you're dying. It is huge. It's huge. I, I heard a saying years ago that really stuck with me so deeply. It was just, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I've gotten to the point where I feel uncomfortable when I'm in comfort, you know, because I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be who I want to be tomorrow if I'm just seeking pleasure. You know, if I'm, if I'm acquiring that satisfaction, you know, currently, it's not going to get me there. And the other thing too, that was really such a distinction for me is that, you know, easy choices equal a hard life, hard choices equal an easy life. And that's such a shift that's really important for, I think, a lot of people to, to really recognize is that, you know what, when you get uncomfortable, that's when your circumstances start to get easier. You know, you start to make those tough decisions. You stretch your stress muscles. Look, yes, real estate can be extremely stressful. It can be extremely difficult. But that's why what we talk about in Elevate Podcast is all about how do you develop yourself? How do you raise your identity? How do you raise the temperature, your inner thermostat? to be able to stretch your muscles, to be able to handle these circumstances and then become more. You can elevate above the stress. You can ele elevate above the challenges. And so I'm 100% with you there. What's one of the worst, most, uh, not the worst, but the, uh, the most worthwhile investments that you've made in yourself in the past year? Uh, paying for a coach. It, it's a way to stretch yourself. Um, I'm a firm believer if you spend your hard-earned dollars, you will get way more value from however much you spent than, um, so whatever you spend, you're going to get way more in value if you actually pay for it. If someone gives you something for free, um, whether it's a book, a course, or a coaching session, you're not going to get as much out of it if you were charged for it because you're going to be invested in it and so um that has been the most worthwhile investment for you know that reason alone of actually paying for it so i show up a hundred percent ready to get every ounce of value for myself because i've paid for that service and so i want to do it but also number two Working with someone who's been in your situation before, who knows the ins and outs, who has had way more conversations or experiences than you, I think is priceless. And it's an opportunity, as most of our coaches will say, 
to get further faster. And so for us, um, with what we do, we always want to improve. And if I can accelerate and elevate that improvement, then I might as well do it. So it's been the best investment made. Yeah, I've always said that I think the best investment you can make is in yourself. And if you can develop yourself, you know, to a point where you can accomplish so many different things, I mean, that's the greatest investment. And, and, you know, a lot of people, I think coaching has become more widely accepted, but for, for, for a long time, people will say, well, you know, come on, I can, I can go get this information. I can go, you know, go to YouTube or whatever. But I, I do think there's a huge distinction in terms of paying for coaching or paying for mentorship. You know, you, there's just a shift that require that, that happens when you have to show up based on your own investment, but also you want to do your due diligence on who you're working with, because obviously, you know, you want to pay for true expertise. You want to pay for someone who can help you strategize, who can help you identify your own blind spots and, and, and elevate beyond that. So, so I love that. So talk to me about, you know, what's a specific failure that you can speak to that, that you've experienced that set you up for later success? a failure to be set up for success. Um, early on, when my wife and I started investing in real estate, we, um, we, we started working with a couple of various partners. And I think learning how people work and understanding um, a partnership is a big deal, right? If you are investing your money alongside someone else and your long-term visions don't align, there's, there's obviously a couple ways you can get out of it in a real estate investment, but that gave us um, a really good kind of radar for figuring out who we wanted to work with in the future. And so what I would say is not necessarily a failure, but testing the waters with a couple of different partners and kind of learning how to figure out, okay, if Tyler and I are going to partner up, how can I vet his goals, not only from a business perspective, but more importantly, from a personal perspective, you know, where does Tyler want to be in 10 years? Are we working towards that same 10 year vision? Because the decisions that we make today for our investments or our capital better be aligned to get us both where we want to go. And so I think learning how to kind of struggle or work with challenging people early on um, really allowed us to vet the partners that we work with today and um, make, make much better decisions knowing what we learned. So walk me through that brief conversation of aligning interests and understanding where that potential partner wants to be in 10 years. I usually start with the question of where do you see yourself in 10 years and see how that vision aligns. So if they say, hey, you know, I want to be sitting on a beach, you know, having cold daiquiris and just putting my feet up. Um, that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, I want someone who's in it for the long term where we're going to be continuing to buy properties and continue to make investments. Um, that type of response kind of tells me that they're looking for maybe quick wins and getting easy things done so they can um, relax later on. And so that would be one question. Um, another one would just 
kind of be a general kind of like family values, like what do you like to do for fun? And making sure that your interests are somewhat similar. You know, if, um, if someone, I'm just trying to think of different ideas here. Um, if someone, if someone was drastically different with how they spent their free time, than how you like to spend yours, maybe that's not a good fit either. Um, and I'm sure you all can think of different types of uses of time. If someone goes to the bar every single night after work, um, that may not be an alignment of interest with what our vision is. So um, those types of decisions and I think just kind of feeling them out to see how you work together. And you know, the nice thing about real estate is you can try it on a deal by deal basis and then figure out what works. <laughs> I absolutely agree. You don't have to necessarily get married, so to speak, to one partner. If you find out that the alignment of interest is is nowhere near, you know, what you want, you know, your your own results or your own outcomes to be within ten years. I mean, you obviously you have flexibility there. So it is a it is a beautiful business due to that. Um, but I love that you know sparking the thoughts of all right. Well, what kind of questions do we need to be asking of our partners? And just having the distinction that it is extremely important to pick the right partners. So you've got to be, you know, you've got to be intentional on this and you've got to really think about, you know, internally, well, where do I want to be in 10 years? You know, what, what direction do I want to head before you really start asking these questions so you can identify, you know, if your interests are truly aligned. So I think that's really, really outstanding. And I'd like to know, you know, beyond this, you know, we're talking about partners, we're talking about, you know, a lot of the things that you've been doing on a consistent basis, but it is also well known that success leaves clues. And so I'm curious to know who are your role models? I have a varying distinction of role models. I will, um, I'll hold myself accountable to people that I haven't even met and try to think how they would think. Um, I have role models locally within my community that we get together and have lunch and kind of check in on each other's business and what they've got going on, what I've got going on. Um, and of course we have, you know, other role models of people within the industry that we look up to who have, you know, purchased a billion dollars in real estate and we want to try to be like that company. But um, I think the distinction is that I have role models who I've never met who I think about and work with on a daily basis. And then also those who I have physically met and work with them on a regular basis as well. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, we have such a, we have the greatest opportunity in human history for acquiring role models that we may not know. And then we also have the ability, like you and I are, you know, probably a thousand miles apart right now, but we have the opportunity of building a relationship you know, and, and folks who are listening to this all over the world have the opportunity of acquiring you as a role model, as an example. You know, there's such a great opportunity, but you've got to pick the right role models. You know, what is that? What's the 10 year vision for this individual? You've got to be able to identify that are what, you know, what they're talking about. Is that something that is going to get you where you want to go as well? So I think it's so, so important. Um, beyond that, I want to make a slight transition here in terms of uh, goals. Um, I would love to I'd love to know, I mean, something that you already talked about is that you have blown past your $100 million acquisition goal for this year, which is absolutely inspiring. 
I'd love to know, you know, beyond that, what's a goal that you're most proud of accomplishing the past 12 months? I would say, again, just kind of stretching ourselves. So thinking outside of the box, when we had our conversation, um, it was December of 2018, and we did some goal setting for the year ahead and putting that $100 million acquisitions mark up, um, it felt huge. And we, we really had to challenge ourselves to say, okay, let's break it down. How do we actually do it? And, you know, we decided that we would need to close about six to seven deals. And so dividing a hundred million up by six or seven, that means we need to be buying deals around the 15, $20 million mark and you can get there. And so being able to break that down makes it digestible where we said early on, okay, let's start focusing on a deal that's like 10 million in size and then we'll go 15 and then we'll go to 20 and it allows you to kind of break down digestible pieces of that goal right because if your goal is to do 100 million you're not going to do it in one single day and so that's what we did um and we just tried to break it down to simple actionable tasks so again if we want to close deals we're not going to close deals unless we have deals to review. If we don't have deals to review, why is that? Well, it's because you're not out there networking with brokers, with agents, possibly with sellers, looking online, using all of the online sources that are available, making calls to property managers for off-market leads. There's a ton of different ways that you can do that to just get opportunities to review. And so that's been our goal, get opportunities to review. And if they meet our boxes, then we'll buy them. And it's all about, you know, it's about, it's a numbers game, you know, especially real estate. I mean, it's about how many calls have you made? How many opportunities have you gotten in front of yourselves to review? And at that point, it's all about momentum as well. And once you kind of compound your efforts, you compound, you know, your actions, that's when you start to to get there. And I love the, the thought of kind of starting and obviously we're starting, we're saying starting small at a $10 million deal to most people would say, wait a minute, we're not talking too small here, but it is about kind of getting that. It's like, like I I've talked about this before, but I was at Tony Robbins Unleashed the Power Within. And if you take that first step on the firewalk, uh, you know that you're going to make it through because it's all about, if you take the first step and you envision the outcome, you know, the momentum's going to carry you through. And there's no doubt about that. It's, I mean, it's such a great distinction, but, you know, getting those opportunities and focusing on the data and not the drama, right? We, we've talked about that a lot as well. You know, focusing on well, what are my controllables and putting it, you know, getting it out of your head and saying, here's the actionable steps. Here's how we can chunk it down from a, you know, from a, you know, a high level for the next 12 months all the way down to what do I need to be doing in the next hour that gets me towards this goal? So that's yeah. phenomenal. And at the same time, it's a team game as well. So yeah. you don't have to go at it alone. You can outsource, you can have partners. And I think, you know, the more people on your team, the, the more that gets done. It is all about leverage. It's definitely a team sport. That is for sure. What is a goal that you're most inspired and uncomfortable, uncomfortably working towards right now? I want to be uncomfortable every day. 
and it's as simple as that. So it's not a big goal. It's a little goal. Um, but it's a daily action goal. So be uncomfortable every day, whether it's, you know, putting in that extra physical energy into a workout to stretch myself physically, whether it's, you know, having an investor phone call or talking with a broker or thinking differently, learning something new, just that one little thing every single day. And it's that compound effect. So if I can be just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit better today, um, and I'll do it again tomorrow, it's going to be amazing to see where it goes in 10 years, in 30 years, 50. Absolutely. One of the things I love most about real estate and, and really, you know, this entire process is the process. It's crazy because when I got into this business, and I think you would agree, you know, really most people are allured towards, well, financial freedom, financial abundance. And of course, we're still going after that, but it's amazing when you can find, when you can seek pleasure of the discomfort, of the growth, of becoming something more due to that growth, due to that pressure cooker and stretching your stress muscles, you know, you start to realize that that's the ultimate satisfaction. And that's really the, that's the answer to all of it. You know, it's, it's a game, you know, it's, you, you, you kind of test your limits and you continue to push those limits. And, and I totally resonate with that. Uh, what's yeah, the, I think, I think you just have to enjoy it. Um, not that you love every minute of it and sure. certainly stretching those stress muscles sucks at times, but when you get stretched back into that same exact level of uncomfort, you're not as bad as you were the last time. And so it gets easier as you progress. That's exactly what we talk about, about raising the bar. You know, it's like a, it's like a pole vaulter. You know, you raise the bar, you just cleared the higher level. You know, you're not going back down to the lower level. And of course, we do have times where we, we regress. We do have times where we take two steps back to take one step forward. Yep. Um, but it's all about persistence. It's all about having that growth mindset of that whenever I do, you know, get knocked down, it's a learning opportunity. It's an opportunity for me to learn. And I may not always be going the direction that I go. And, you know, you, I always think about this illustration of, you know, some people think success should be the straight line and the, you know, uh, up in the, up in the right direction as you would see in, in a chart. Um, but yeah. success is a up and down process, but it is about following that discomfort and falling in love with the process. Yeah. So, um, so tell me what's the driving force behind what you do, Danny. Relentless determination to help people improve their habits with money. And it can be as simple as learning that real estate is a great way to invest, um, to support your family and change your life. And it can also just be how to make better decisions from an income and expense tracking standpoint. I think um, there's a, a major, major level of uncomfortability that people have talking about money and money should be a tool that we use to do the things we want and control our time. Um, nothing more than that. And so I want to help people break down that barrier. And for me, I just need to be diligently focused on not only my, you know, personal finances, but also sharing the world or sharing the story with the world so they can all be better with their finances and know that, 
you know, real estate is a very powerful way to change their lives. Yeah. I mean, financial education and financial intelligence is vastly, you know, under appreciated and something that is not really, hasn't really metastasized in so many different homes, especially in America and otherwise. And, you know, it's not something that we talk about in the educational system today. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of education. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about learning more, becoming more, but I don't feel like, you know, most people are equipped to be financially intelligent and who knows, maybe that's a conversation for another day, but, but I think I want to, I definitely want to honor you for that because it's a, it's a huge undertaking. And I think a lot of Elevate Nation, I mean, we have all got to take this as a responsibility as well because we are role models for others, you know, financially as well as, you know, personally and professionally. Um, but you know, if you can get your, if you can't get your money piece, right, then there's, it's going to be very difficult for you to accomplish anything in your life. So definitely honor you for that. Um, if you had to identify who you work hard for and who you are relentlessly, you know, seeking that discomfort for, who would that be and why? My wife, pretty simple explanation. Um, we together have an alignment of interests. We want to, um, be able to do the things that we choose to with our time. And again, having that tool of money can give you the opportunity to do the things you want with your time, whatever those may be. I love it. So what we're going to do now is we're going to transition into our rare air questionnaire. And this is our um, you know, rapid fire section. Really what we're talking about here is we're theoretically, we're climbing the mountain, right? Most people gave up because, wow, it's hard to breathe up here and it's a little bit cold and my feet are numb and you know, my, I, my legs are burning. But you know, I'm talking about hypothetically, and, and most people give up way before you know, you've really reached the limits of your own capacity. And so that's what Elevate Nation's all about. So what I'd like to know, you know, as an author, um, you know, obviously an author and someone who's pursuing, you know, excellence in everything that you do, you know, one thing that many people are able to accomplish through really through reading, I'd love to know, you know, what's the most impactful book that you've ever read and why? The most impactful book that I have read is The Mistakes That Millionaires Make. And it is a, a good book that goes through some of those ups and down stories, people who have amassed fortunes and then lost it all and built it back up or lost it all and couldn't recover. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to, um, to see into some of those worlds where bad things do happen. You do take two steps back and can you go one step forward? So check that book out, Mistakes Millionaires Make. Who's the author of that book? Do you know? I have to look it up real quick. Oh, that's all right. Well, while while you're looking that up, uh, curious to know what is the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? We have talked about so much about discomfort, about being comfortably, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable. How else do you elevate your life on a daily basis? Um, I try to smile and just be, be happy, be fulfilled um, with what we've got going on. Remember what you're grateful for. And, you know, the things I, I find that I'm grateful for today, it's like feeling the sun as we're walking with our dog, George, or, you know, having a nice cold drink of water after a hard run. And at the end of the day, no matter the amount of money or real estate that you own, those are the true things to be grateful for. And so 
um, you know, my wife and I will ask each other, you know, at dinner time or in the morning, hey, what are three things that you're grateful for today? And it's just a, a nice way to have a good conversation and, you know, remind yourself of the important things in life, which are always the little things. And mistakes um, millionaires make is by Harry Clark. Got it. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And my fiance and I actually do the exact same thing where we ask each other, what are three things you're grateful for today? And, and it's really interesting how the, it, it ends up transpiring as we always end up saying like six or seven things that we're grateful for. And it's another uh, example of a compounding sort of an endeavor. You know, if you if you smile, you know, that typically will compound in some some biological changes, your psychological changes in terms of how you feel and you start to notice, you know, what's around me and you know, the little things, if you start to realize, wow, I actually have running water, you know, I have, I have technology to be able to communicate with someone a 1000 miles away, I have, you know, pieces of paper where I can capture ideas. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. And so it's so important to realize that you have so many things to be grateful for. And even while you're stretching your stress muscles, because look, psychologically, when you're stretching your stress muscles, you're thinking about all the problems that we have got to solve here. And that's the opposite of gratitude. But if you can combine those two forces, it's absolutely amazing what you can transform into being. So I, I definitely think that's, uh, I'm, I'm in alignment with you for sure. How do you elevate others around you? I think being able to smile and say hello and talk to people, whether you know them or not, is a great way to elevate them maybe they're having a bad day and just a nice warm hello how are you enjoying the day beautiful let's move on great um those are those are ways to do it and also you know again kind of setting a good example i don't think you need to be up in people's faces telling them all the things that you've got going on or what have you um, but just leading by example and and doing what you say and getting things done and, um, you know, being available to help people when they call you or you, they reach out. And, and that's just a way to elevate everyone. Yeah, you never know who's watching you. So, you do, you know, especially Elevate Nation, we're all leading by example in what we do. And Danny, you're absolutely doing that. And I've appreciated your smiles throughout this conversation. So if you're listening to this on Apple iTunes, if you're listening to this anywhere else where podcasts can be found, I highly recommend that you take a look at our, our, uh, our YouTube video of this because he's got a great smile and he's certainly infectious with that. So definitely take this as a reminder also to smile at someone else today and show them that, uh, you know, that you care and that you've got some things to be grateful for. But Danny, I really, really appreciate you spending time with us today. I know that um, you've got uh, some ways that Elevate Nation can stay connected with you. Could you please share that with us? Yeah, Tyler, thank you so much for having me on Elevate Nation. I'm grateful for you listening. If anyone needs to get in touch with me regarding multifamily properties and what we do there, go to PassiveInvesting.com. If you want to learn more about my personal journey and everything else that I do on a regular basis, go to DannyRandazzo.com and you can check out everything I've got there. Well, and I also want to talk about Danny's special offer that he's offering Elevate Nation is that he's got a new podcast coming out, the Danny Randazzo show you. So you definitely want to take a look at that here coming soon. And if you go to dannyrandazzo.com slash podcast launch, you'll learn how to qualify because he's offering a giveaway of five $100 Amazon gift cards to people who review his podcast. So 
yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's important for people to do that. And obviously, if you've gained value from the discussion today with Danny, you'll definitely want to continue to connect with him and engage with him because he's putting out a lot of great content. You know, he's got children's books for, for those who are, are looking to plant the seeds of the minds of, of, of our future. And he's a great soul. He's somebody who's looking to, to give. And he's leading by example by living an uncomfortable life. And it's not easy to do that. So, so Danny, I really thank you again. And I want to remind uh, Elevate Nation that, look, the best way to learn this material is to, you know, create repetition. You know, listen to this material again, take notes, and take massive action. You've got to apply immediately. Apply what you learned immediately. And also share with someone. Share with a friend you know, screenshot the show, you can send it to someone else on social media, you can send a text to someone, or you can just give someone a call like, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe the distinction that I got today. And uh, you'll definitely want to to honor Danny with that. And Danny, uh, thanks again for being with us today. Tyler, thank you so much. It was wonderful to be here. Absolutely. Well, until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.